There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. We do want to thank you once again for tuning to the podcast. This is Tuesday on the podcast. We're certainly thankful for each of you that listen. And thankful for the good weekend in the house of God. Looking forward to the meetings coming up this week. That's at the Grace Bible Independent Baptist Church in Shingle House, Pennsylvania. We'll be there all day on Sunday, 6 o'clock Sunday night, and then 7 o'clock each evening, Monday through Friday. And this will be the second year we've had spring revival there in Shingle House. I'm looking forward to what the Lord is going to do. And then let me go ahead and make an announcement of considering following that also. Uh, but Lord willing, about a week later, we'll be heading up north and we'll be in two different places in Maine over on the coast, uh, mid coast, right around Mount Desert Island. And then uh, we'll be heading to Vermont for a week. And so if you're anywhere in the Vermont, Maine area, look us up. Be glad to see you. And if anybody needs a good vacation, listen, we know some good churches, some sound churches in upstate Vermont and on the coast of Maine. We thank God for each and every one of them. And so we begin a very busy summer. I'm going to try to keep up with the podcast, but uh, we'll just see what the Lord will do with that. may have some guest preachers on the podcast, and they've always been a blessing. Thank God for the men that have filled in for us different times and been able to speak on the podcast. What a blessing it is to have men of God that are able to preach the Word of God and preach sound doctrine, daily doctrine devotional. That's why we did this. It's just about a 15-minute daily punch of doctrine, something to help your soul, something to feed you, and uh, something to start your day. And I realize a lot of folks uh, used to listen to Christian radio, but that's few and far between today. Uh, maybe 40 to 50 good stations in the entire country. And a lot of that, and I'll be honest with you, we'll label it what it is. A lot of what they preach on there, it's one, two, three, repeat after me. They'll use the words repent. They'll use the words turn. They'll use all the right terminologies, born again. But what they do then is they get to the end of it and they offer somebody a lifeline that is not Jesus Christ. They offer them an aspire escape out of hell. They offer a ticket to damnation and they do not offer them the opportunity to repent. And my friend, may God help us. That's the day in which we're in. So even the good radio stations, there's many men on there. I've heard some that pray, they don't even pray in Jesus' name. People say, you get up in arms about that? Well, when it's over and over again, they pray something like this, dear God, help us, amen. I got a problem with that. And I don't believe that's a biblical prayer. I don't believe it's scriptural prayer. Listen, it'll do it a pinch once in a while, but I believe that's their method of praying. I believe it's a manner of praying. Non-offensive, and, and they don't want to be offensive to anyone. Some of them have dozens of people, dozens of churches to support their radio broadcast. They can't hurt anybody's feelings or offend anybody. And uh, so I know this one station near us is King James Bible Station, and uh, they got this prophecy stuff on there on Saturday mornings. They don't use the King James Bible. I've contacted them, told them to get that junk off the air as nice as I could. And so it's good to have sound doctrine. So that's why we brought this podcast, bringing it into folks' living room, into their families, into their homes, into their schools, that they could also have sound doctrine in their life each and every day. We want to have sound doctrine. Now, I said all that to say this. 
We're in Job 16, and we're going to preach today, I believe, a sound doctrine. And had a man that uh, heard this passage, I talked about this in another uh, podcast, but a man that heard this passage, and he told me later on, he said, I did not believe that when you preached that at our church. He said, but I knew you believed it. I knew my pastor believed it. I knew my father believed it, who's also a pastor. And he said, I chose to believe that, but I didn't believe it. And he said, I chose, I made a conscious decision to believe that, even though I didn't see it, I didn't understand it. Yet when that man was converted, I asked him, I said, brother, do you now see it? And he laughed, said, oh, I see it's Jesus Christ. And so I hope you see this is Jesus Christ in Job 16. If you do not see this is Jesus Christ, I hope that you'll choose to believe it until God reveals his son to you. And he said, he teareth me in his wrath, who hateth me? Verse 9. And one of the things I said off in this podcast, can that be Job? Uh, does somebody t- hate Job? Who hates Job enough to tear at him in his wrath? Satan did not tear at him. Uh, Satan just brought sores upon him. He gnashes upon me with his teeth. Mine enemy sharpeneth his eyes upon me. Now he speaks of his enemy. And so he talks about his enemy here. So then he tells us a little bit more about his enemy. We have to determine who his enemy is. In verse 10, they have gaped upon me with their mouth. Who is the head gaped? His enemy have gaped upon him with their mouth. Why did they gape upon him? Well, the bulls of Bashan. He tells us that in Psalm 22. They've compassed him about. Those bulls of Bashan uh, have compassed Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. They have gone around him. They want to destroy him. They want to hurt him. And he said, many strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. And so he tells you who that is. And I have some thoughts of who that is. I believe part of that is those renegade tribes. I believe it's also devils. And uh, those renegades, those that have gone against God, he used the term renegades because I don't know a better term to use. But those that defied the Most High God, those that have cursed God. And that's his enemies. Why? Because what we're seeing now is prophecy begins to unfold in the person of Jesus Christ. And we have a little bit of verse to support that in Psalm 22. His enemies gaped upon with their mouth. They have smitten me upon the cheek reproachfully. They have gathered themselves together against me. Now, again, they say, well, who has smitten him on the cheek? Well, the verse 5 of Isaiah 50 says, The Lord God hath opened mine ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. We know that the first person there, Isaiah, is prophesying again of the Lord Jesus Christ. We also know that as he stood there before Pilate, and the men that brought him into judgment, we know that they buffeted him. We know that they smote him. They know that they struck him with their hands. They cursed him and mocked him. We know they spit upon him. We know they ripped the hair from off of his face. And uh, in verse 67 of Matthew 26 says, Then they spit in his face and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palm of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? And so again, we see this now taking shape. They've gathered themselves together against me. When do they do that? At Calvary. God hath delivered me to the ungodly and turned me over into the hands of the wicked. And Peter said on this wise, and in Acts chapter 2 is absolutely parallel to anything about the soul of Jesus Christ. Peter's message at Pentecost is very, uh, very eye-opening when you read that in light of these things, because we know that... He accused them, he told the men of Israel, that he'd been delivered by the terminate council and foreknowledge of God. Ye have taken by wicked hands, 
have crucified and slain. Verse 11 says, he returned me over into the hands of the wicked. So again, you know, it just gives support to it. If we just grasp that, just understand that. And I'm not really preaching this today. I'm just teaching this. I'm going a little bit slower than I do sometimes. I want some folks to understand this. But the fact that he turned them into the hands of the wicked, and Peter accused them of their wicked hands slaying him, I was at ease. But then it says this, but he hath broken me asunder. Well, the last subject he speaks of is not the wicked. Wicked is not used in the first person there of he, or the personal pronoun he there, but rather he is God in verse 11. I was at ease, but he hath broken me asunder. He hath also taken me by my neck and shaken me to pieces and set me up for his mark. So again, verse 6 of chapter 19, know now that God hath overthrown me and hath compassed me with his net. Job is prophesying there again of Jesus Christ. And the reason people balk at this and struggle with this is because they just either don't have faith, they just can't get over their teaching. They're taught this is all the sufferings of Job. This is all the patience of Job. They do not see Job as a great prophet of God. But who else would take him by the neck, shake him to pieces, set me up for his mark? This has not happened to Job. This has not happened to anybody except for Jesus Christ, because God has not done this. God will set the wicked up for his mark. God will destroy the wicked. We know there is a day coming. But let me give you another verse here. This is in verse 12 of Psalm 21. Therefore shalt thou make them turn their back, when thou shalt make ready thine arrows upon thy strings against the face of them. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength, so will we sing and praise thy power. So we know the Lord has arrows. We know he has them upon his strings. But then we see in verse 13, his archers compass me round about. He cleaveth my reins asunder. We've talked about this many times on the podcast. I don't need to address that again. We know that there at Calvary, Jesus Christ was pierced. He was divided asunder. The soul and spirit were divided asunder. They eventually were separated from the body. He commended his spirit to the Father. His body went to the grave. His soul was made an offering for sin in hell. We've talked about that on this podcast. In doth not he poureth out my gall upon the ground. That's part of the soul. And that's why Isaiah 53, again, we spoke of this, but just a refresher, in case maybe you're listening for the first time. This is the refresher that we're speaking of. For it says this, yet it pleased the Lord, this is verse 10 of Isaiah 53, to bruise him, he hath put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his siege, prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. That's why God cleaved his soul asunder. That's why his gall was poured out. He was emptied out unto death. Even his soul was poured out. Therefore, I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. So that is at Calvary. We know that. We know that he's offered his soul. He's poured out at Calvary, but then his soul is made an offering for sin. 
And that sin offering is a burnt offering. That sin offering goes in the fire. That sin offering, that fat, the call above the liver, the fat above the kidneys, the kidneys are taken, they're cleaved asunder from that carcass of that animal. They're taken to another place. He tells you they're taken to another place and they're burned. We see that in Leviticus uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. We see that through there. We see the soul, the picture is taken there. This is what he's speaking of, of Jesus Christ. He said, he breaketh me. With breach upon breach, he runneth upon me like a giant. Why? He's God. This is his side. He's taking him by the neck. He's choking him. He's choked the life. He strangled him to death. We'll see that in another place. I have sown sackcloth upon my skin and defiled my horn in the dust. Now, again, we go back. We see Job here. We can see Job. I see Jesus Christ here. We can see Job here as well because he is in the dust. He's in those ash heap. My face is foul with weeping, and on my eyelids is the shadow of death. Again, that's why I say I see Jesus Christ there. He's a man of sorrows. He's acquainted with grief. It was with strong crying and tears that he prayed with prayers and supplications in the days of his priesthood. And so, therefore, we know that he was a man of sorrow. On my eyelids is the shadow of death, and we see that shadow of death associated with Jesus Christ, yes, even in Psalm 23, not for any injustice in mine hands, also, my prayer is pure. So again, we see the prophecy continuing in Jesus Christ. His prayer is pure. My prayer is not. In fact, my apostle Paul said, I don't even know what I ought to pray for. And therefore, the, the Holy Ghost maketh intercession on my behalf. And, and I can't, he makes, the Spirit makes groaneth and utterings things I don't even know I have need of, but yet God knows I have need of those things. But Jesus Christ's prayer is pure. O earth, cover not thou my blood, and let my cry have no place. Why is that? Because if he covers his blood, there'll be no, no cleansing. There'll be no washing, no regeneration. That's why he told us. He said, my righteous servant shall justify many. How does he justify them? Through the faith of Jesus Christ. And so again, it's all ties in together. And you cannot separate these verses. You can't take a chisel and drive a hammer and divide these verses and try to pick and choose which one you want to believe, which one you don't want to believe, because the words are identifiers of what he's speaking of. You must believe the words of God. It's not the overall word, although there is a marvelous thing called the word of God, and I thank God for it, but I must believe the words of God. Many stand on the King James Bible, but they don't stand on the words of the King James Bible. Many of those people say, I, I love the King James Bible. I believe the King James Bible, but they don't believe the words of it. They say, well, you got to have better education. Well, you need to get a little bit of help. You need to go some Greek. You need to get some Hebrew. You need to get, go to James Strong, get some correction, get some dictionary correction. Again, I'm not preaching against those things. Just don't correct the Bible with them. Don't say, well, this is what the Bible really is saying. This is what the Bible really means. What God said here is what God means. Also now, behold, my witness is in heaven and my record is on high. Now, John references that and immediately, those of you in tune with Scripture, those of you in love with the Word of God, we know there are three that bear witness in earth, First John 5 and 8. The spirit, the water, and the blood, these three agree in one. That's the witness in earth. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his son. What is the testimony of his son? There are three that bear record in heaven. Verse 7, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. 
And so when he says, behold, now my witness is in heaven, my record is on high, that is the record that God hath given us of his son. Job is the record that God hath given us of his son. When you get to 1 John 5, 9, I mean, you understand Jesus Christ, believe Jesus Christ. I don't think you'll have trouble seeing him in Job 16 and believing that this is Jesus Christ in Job 16. Why? Because God has given us that record. He says, my friend scorned me, but mine eye poureth out tears unto God. Oh, that one might plead for a man with God as a man pleadeth for his neighbor. When a few years are come, then I shall go the way whence I shall not return. Job reverts back to himself, speaks of death. He's prophesied. He's in his suffering to know Jesus Christ, to know the fellowship of his suffering. No man has ever known that fellowship of that suffering like Job. The Apostle Paul was pretty close, but I don't believe any man has known the sufferings of Job. Yeah, that's why we see the patience of Job. He spake by the Spirit of Christ concerning the blessed Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Have a great day. We'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing, with chapter 17. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord. As he cries for forgiveness and mercy, God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes. Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the promise.